today, Emily Heller. She works at a memory care facility and we'll get right started with what is memory care? Hi, so memory care is the type of care that someone with like Alzheimer's, dementia, or even a head injury who can't do things for themselves will go. And too, with, with memory care comes a lot of behaviorals behavioral stuff that you'll get. Um, and that's why they have to go to a, pl- a special place to be taken care of. Yeah, and is it typically one kind, like is it conscious memory that you're losing? Like you forget um, like events that happened to you or is it the unconscious stuff, like procedural memory? Like you'll forget how to tie your shoe and stuff? Or It's all of that. It's all of it. It's all of that and it depends also why you're there. Okay, so is it like, do you get more aging people or more TBI people? Um, you're going to get mostly elderly people, but you also get TBIs a lot. That's got to be heartbreaking. It is. And for me, I've worked with a lot of younger people who have TBIs and that's really sad. That would be. What, what does it kind of look like when someone comes in? Does it ever get better? Does it, is it always a progressively worsening disease? It definitely can get better. I definitely, I would say I see like a healthy mix of both, which is good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it also, for me, like when I get a patient with a TBI, it all depends on who that patient who that person is because some people will get an injury and kind of like give up or uh, it almost brings out a fighter. Nice. Do you think how like being a fighter actually makes a difference? Like the kind of mentality that you go into it with? Oh, I totally do. Like if you're, if you're like a strong person, especially like mentally, and then you get into an accident, I think it helps you in that recovery process. Absolutely. Do you, do you think there's any kind of technologies on the horizon that could radically help? Like, do you have any like really good hopeful things that you're looking forward to? Um, I can't like pinpoint like an exact one, um, but I know for sure that there are and like even just like little technologies that we have in like my place of work. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's, it's cool that things are getting better. One of the most interesting things that I've learned right lately, and it's really cool that you come and talk about kind of neurodegeneration and stuff Mm because... There's there's something that will probably take away. It's a Schedule Two substance right now, but it's so demonized by everyone that people haven't been able to look into it a lot. But if some they've done in rat experience, if a, if a rat gets a TBI and mm-hmm. within 12 hours it gets a very small dose of methamphetamine, it, it it it's almost as if it didn't even get the TBI, which is absurd. That's crazy. I've never heard of that, but I totally believe it. But it's just coming out. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is, especially as we're like progressing as society and technology gets better, there's just all these little things that I think are just going to end up helping people in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thank God, because things are also getting worse in a lot of mental ways. You exactly. Know? Like, especially like with Alzheimer's, I know is like skyrocketing. Is it really? It totally is. More people are getting it now than they ever have before. And they don't know why. And that's kind of scary. That's very scary. And yeah. so, so Alzheimer's, you typically forget episodic memory, like things that have happened to you. Yeah. So it's crazy with Alzheimer's and this kind of goes into like the dementia kind of world, but Alzheimer's you're going to, so like I took this class about Alzheimer's and they had us write down like five memories and then they're like, okay, pretend you have Alzheimer's. Your Alzheimer's is getting worse. Like take away one of those memories. Okay. It's getting worse. Like take away more and then you don't have anything like memory wise. And then on top of that, you just forget things. You forget how to eat. You can forget how to swallow. And eventually, if it gets to this this point, you can even forget how to breathe. And then you can pass away. Wow. It's crazy. So you're also forgetting procedural. Like, Alzheimer's is just your entire, all the different parts of it. You you go. And it's crazy, too, because you can be. There's, like, different stages of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, my grandma is actually a pretty good example. So she has Alzheimer's. And she's had it for a while, but she's been in stage two for, like, three years. Mm -hmm. Where you're not forgetting how to do things that keep you alive. Yeah, but she, like, 
you'll forget certain stuff. Yeah. But it's crazy. Like, you can have Alzheimer's and be in stage two for a really long time. Well, this gets very personal then if you have someone in your life yeah, that's affected and with it, this. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, I do have someone in my life that has it. But at the same time, like, having the experience that I do with it mm-hmm. helps me cope with it more. Nice. Where, like, some of my family members, like, freak out if grandma forgets something. And I'm like, you know... At least she's just forgetting things like memory. Like she's not forgetting how to like bathe herself or go to the bathroom or she can make it to the bathroom. Which brings it to an interesting point where memory is a very interesting, fragile and fleeting thing, isn't it? It is. Even without memory problems. If you really think of it, it's like how good are your memories of even middle high school, you know? Oh yeah. It's like a flashcard, maybe. Yeah. Or like early childhood. Like I only have like so many memories from my early childhood. Right. But then it gets to the point of how important do you think that kind of memory is? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that those types of memories are important, especially if they're like life defining. Mm-hmm. Like if you experience something in your early childhood that defines who you are now. Ah, have you had one of those? Because that's an interesting thing hmm. to define yourself by something that happened to you. I feel like I've had little memories that have helped me like define who I am or like I've seen things mm-hmm. that kind of made me like not want to be like a certain person. Yeah. Or a certain like things of that person. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've been more leaning towards, so, so it's funny, I've talked to some people who just like really like memory. Mm-hmm. Like, like they really like, like just kind of like hang out and just stay with their memories and they're like, that was like nice. Cause when I think of memories, it's a very warm thing usually. It's, yeah. you know, they're never like these cold, sterile things where you're just like, oh, that was really nice. Even if it wasn't like, I'm sure a winter, I've had a bad winter, but whenever I think of winters, it's always the cozy parts of it, you know? Yeah. But for some people, you know, like can be the total opposite. Really? Like, I mean, well, if you think about it, like, you know, winter, like if someone grew up really poor, winter might be like a really bad memory, always being cold, never having food, kind of like I mean, I've been cold in winter though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess it's like different. Entirely, Um, entirely. Yeah, and I think it's just all like person to person. I do think memories are important. I think remembering certain things is really important. But I think the most important part is probably, I mean, it's all important. It's really important yeah. to remember who you are, the people around you. But like, as long as you can remember, because as far as I'm aware, like there's two parts that really impact us daily, like rote, mem- like remembering things mm-hmm. or like understanding concepts. Yeah. So do you ever start like forgetting concepts too? Oh yeah. I mean, especially with Alzheimer's, like you will like forget everything. Like you will forget like concepts of like eating dinner. And, like, how to act properly when you eat dinner. Yeah. Like, I've had patients who, like, I have to feed them because they don't know what to do with their food in front of them. Like, they'll think it's, like, something, like, not food related. Yeah, that's or, like, obvious. pick up a banana like, pretend it's a phone or something or, like... That's the strangest situation ever. It, it, oh, it's super trippy. <laughs> is it trippy being around it often? It then... is. And, like, when I first started, I was, like so thrown I had no idea what I was getting into and like it honestly it scared me to get old like I was like petrified have you gotten over that I have do you have any fears that it will happen to you I do like especially with it being in your family one of my biggest fears honestly like I mean like someone getting me at night doesn't really scare me but Alzheimer's does just because it is such a horrible disease yeah it is so devastating and it doesn't just affect one person it's like literally everyone around you everyone who's taking care of you (sighs) That becomes a lot. What do you think should happen? Like, what would you want to happen to you if you got Alzheimer's? Um, I definitely would not want to go into a nursing home. Whoa. Coming from someone who works in a nursing home. Yeah. That's wild. And why not? Because the way that nursing homes are structured right now aren't, they don't provide the best care they possibly could. Most nursing homes, they want to make money. 
They'll cut costs anywhere they can. That's horrific. Most of them, you people who work in nursing homes, and I worked in I worked in one for two years. You're understaffed all the time. You run out of basic supplies. Like, and to me, like this would be the most embarrassing thing while I worked in a nursing home. Like having an incontinent patient and being like, oh, there's no briefs today. Because we wanted to save two dollars. Yeah, or we just didn't order. We ran out of money or something. And it's like that. <sighs> And two, like, it's so much pressure on the caregiver that works there. Absolutely. Because even though, like, you know, it is a job, but you feel so responsible. Oh, my God. It's not just a job at that point. No, it really isn't. It becomes, like, a whole other thing. And then, like, that whole conflict of, like, this is a job, but, like, it's more than a job is, like, kind of hard to deal with, too. Do you think you're going to get out of it because it's so mentally taxing? Or do you derive meaning from it, too? Yeah. You know, I love working in healthcare. I've been doing it for four years, and I really do love it. I just don't know if I can see myself doing it for the rest of my life. Physically or mentally taxing? Both. 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 And not paid well enough to compensate you for it. No. And that's a weird thing. Where is all the money going? Into someone's pocket, honestly. That's absurd. I should get an administrative person in here. You really should, because that would be a really good conversation. And Well, I mean, I'm sure it'd just be a lot of workarounds, because what's at the bottom of it? They're like, well, we have a whole facility of administrative people that we need to keep going. And it's like, the bigger that gets, the more, you know, overhead there just is, which just makes it harder for to actually get enough people to care for people. Yeah. And too, like, they say, like, being a CNA is one of, like, the most, like, growing jobs right now, because more people are needing care at the end of their lives. It's like this huge growing industry and plus everyone's getting sicker and like that's also another question. Like why are people getting sicker now? Than are people have? getting sicker now? Um, as far as like Alzheimer's and dementia, they're at, that's at a new high than it ever has been. And <laughs> I feel like people are needing more care at the end of their life than they did probably like 20 years ago. Yes. My understanding of at least one of the leading factors of what gives you Alzheimer's is the APOE gene or like you have an allele missing on your APO4 and then if you get a TBI it increases your risk by like 16% oh, or no, something. Oh no, it definitely does. And I know that's hereditary so maybe it's just spreading with more and more people. It could be. You know, I don't really know all the science behind it. But but just the facts are more people are getting... What, wait, what's the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's? So Alzheimer's you can get kind of like at any point of your life, whoa, which is really scary. So there's Alzheimer's and there's early onset Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to think. I think my youngest person I've ever worked with with onset Alzheimer's to like a real severe was probably like 48. Holy cow. Yeah. And so, you see people in your 50s and your 60s with it, which is crazy because that's super young when you think about when people get it when they're like in their 80s. Yeah. And that tends to be kind of revolving around either genetics or a TBI that happened to them at some point. Yeah. And too, I mean, also just kind of like the short story in how you get Alzheimer's is like losing brain cells. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's like a million different ways you can that can happen. That's interesting. What kind of things do they do to slow it down or stop it? There are some medications that they... I don't know which medications there are. I know that there are some that they prescribe to people to kind of slow it down a little bit. Mostly to kind of like help with the side effects of getting Alzheimer's. Um, That's why they're trying to do so much research on it right now. Because we really don't know. There is no cure for it. There is no way to stop it. Yeah. Speaking of, you didn't really give me an answer for what you would do if you got diagnosed. You just said I wouldn't do that. Oh, that's true. We totally went (laughs) off. Okay, so if I got diagnosed with... Alzheimer's. I would not want to go into a nursing home, which is like, that would also be kind of hard though. Cause sometimes when you get to a certain point, like there is no other choice, but people going into a nursing home. At what stage can you make the decision yourself? I think it all depends on your family, what level of care your family is willing to put in. Okay. 
Um, and two, like, I mean, you can be pleasantly confused when you have Alzheimer's and like, you just are kind of confused and a little silly, but also there's another like dark side of it where people get very combative, um, and they're just become not nice people. They'll say lots, they'll call you lots of names, hit you, kick you, like... And I mean, that's probably because they're in some sort of psychic pain that they're oh, just yeah. putting it out there. Oh, yeah. And two, like, with Alzheimer's, um, everything is just crazy. Like, you won't... you Sometimes you lose your feeling in your hands. Whoa. Um, your feet as well. Um, your eyesight goes. You can, like, it gets really blurry. Um, like, a dark spot on the carpet will look like a hole. Whoa. There's actually some nursing homes that will actually put, like, black duct tape on, like, doorways so people won't go through it. What? Because they'll think it's a hole. Yeah. So, I mean, everything, like, your sense, every single one of your senses is just messed with when you have it. That's absurd. That's absurd to think that reality is that kind of fickle, that just some random thing that happens that we can't really, I mean, do we really know like what we don't really i don't know we, we can't really measure what's in the brain that well no like we pretend to know but when you really ask people like yeah we have some theories yeah but i don't know i mean i think it might be aren't people saying that uh, alzheimer's is like a new kind of like the stage three of diabetes or something or like a, a, a new type where it all has to come back to nutrition um i think it does honestly i mean i'm not a doctor or anything but yeah. i really think that it all comes from our food source oh okay because i mean our food today is like so processed. Yeah. I mean, it is not what we were eating 50 years ago. And I just don't think as humans, our body can like handle processed food the mm -hmm. way that we eat it and consume it. And it's in like everything. Yeah. And all these random ass, super refined carbs and stuff. Exactly. And just all, and all the sugar that's like, I don't think as humans too, we're supposed to consume as much sugar yeah. as that we do. Yeah. that's, that's... So I, I personally think that's kind of where... That a lot of its source comes related. from, and it could also be like other factors, but like I think it comes from food. Yeah. So, so someone comes in. What are some holes in the healthcare system that you see as someone who's a part of it? Well, definitely our lack of like healthcare in this country, because it is not cheap. Yeah. It is not cheap, and I've seen a lot of families like suffer, and too like some insurances don't even cover you going into a nursing home. They don't cover in-home care, and like. It's hard, like, even if you are taking care of a family member in your home that has, like, Alzheimer's, that's a full-time job. At what I, point, do you think they should be able to be put down at a certain point, which is a really strange oh, thing to say? I'm glad you brought this up, though, because I am, like, a quality over quantity type of person. Absolutely. So when someone doesn't have quite the quality of care, I mean, I've worked with patients who, like, have lost, they don't know who they are, they don't know their family members, they lost all the things that give them joy in life. And like literally all they do, they're like infants. They eat, they go to the bathroom, they sleep. And it's one thing if they're pleasantly kind of confused and happy, but yeah. if they're in psychic pain for a year, yeah, that's almost inhumane to not just like that's kind of kinda, sedate them. That's how I feel. And it's really controversial because I mean, you're dealing with a person's it's life. Understandably controversial. Yeah. But I mean, for me, it's like I would struggle with this so much, especially when I first started working. And I was just like, you know, this is horrible. Like I, for me, would want to be put down. Yeah. Like if I was at that stage. And can you make that decision if you're in stage one of Alzheimer's and you're like, you know, if I'm going to progress in the next year or two, I doubt that a technology is going to come out in that time to reduce, to remove it. 
I want to be put down as soon as I hit stage three or how can, can you do that? You know, I don't know if you can do it. I know that in Oregon, you can do like assist suicide. Like if you have a terminal cancer and you know you're not getting better, you can legally get put down. But I don't know how that works with Alzheimer's and two, like, are you in a good mental stage, even in stage two to make that call? I mean, that's where it gets hazy is at a certain point, you can't make decisions for your own care is what I believe. Right. Yeah. That's a weird place to be. Oh, I think it's a super gray area. It's a super gray area, and I think being too precautious of it is the wrong way to go about it. Because, mm-hmm. like, what if someone's, like, I'm in stage three, and, like, they have, like, don't they have, like, lapses of kind of being conscious? or is, is Oh, it- yeah, it's nuts. So I took care of this one lady who was, like, she didn't know who she was. She didn't know anything. Like, she literally would just eat and sleep. And then one day, she's, like, randomly starts talking to me about how she was a banker when she was younger. What? I... I mean, just starts like, and starts telling me memories of like her uncle and like growing up on a farm. And it was, it was really trippy. But at the same time, I was like, this is so cool. And I'm so glad I was here to have this lady tell me her stories. And then it was just gone. And then it was gone like probably half hour later. Whoa. And I'd never seen anything like that. But you do, you get these like weird moments. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Notebook. I have. So in the very end of the movie you know, they're old and they're in their nursing home and she all of a sudden is like, oh my gosh, it's you. And then like two minutes later, she doesn't know who he is Mm -hmm. and she's fighting him. It's exactly like that. That's got to be rough. It's almost, it is. it's almost like when they become conscious, you'd be like, what do you want us to do with you? Right. <laughs> you know? like, but then I, like, who do you want me to say hi to? <laughs> right. But they probably at that time don't remember that they don't forget anything. Mm-mm. It's, it's crazy. Cause like they're coherent, but like at the same time, they're not to the level where they know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole lot. And I think, I really think that within the next five or 10 years, especially with the work of maps, which people can look into, I think hopefully like neuroregeneration will be more of a thing because Mm -hmm. there are definitely substances out there that help you create new pathways in your brain. Because my understanding, I have no idea what Alzheimer's is. So you you kind of explained Alzheimer's, but then what is dementia? Is that from a stroke? So no, dementia is just kind of something we get when we're old. It's just, it is. Everyone almost... I would say like almost everyone gets it. Like I've met people who are like 102 that that are fine. But then I've seen people in like their 80s and you just kind of get dementia. Like things just get a little foggy. You forget things that having dementia, you can also have like um, behavioral side effects with it. Like some people who get dementia can get really aggressive. Mm. And tell the same story over and over again or? It's not. You can tell the same story over and over again, but for me, it's like, like people I work with who have like really bad behavioral, it's like aggression and being combative. Wow. So like when I run into like someone being really combative with me, like I've been hit, scratched, spit on, like I almost got bit once. What? (laughs) Got my hand out of the way in time, but yeah. And I've been called every single name in the book. And, like, for me, it's just people get confused. And, like, it happens a lot if you have, like, someone who's older, they have dementia, and they're incontinent. And, like, my job as a CNA is to change them. Yeah. But, when, you know, when you get into conversations about single-payer health care, it, it'd be hard for you not to be emotionally invested in it because you're like, I'm not being paid enough to deal with that. Oh, yeah. No, you totally have those moments. And it gets really frustrating. It would. Um because you probably don't, I mean, you, you're probably sick of having that conversation. It's not like telling someone would make a difference, but them telling you essentially like, no, you're getting paid fine. And those people in degenerative care, which they might be in eventually, mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, you know, because no one, no one saves enough money to lose what, five grand a month to be in memory care. No, no, no one does. No, no one, one thinks does. that it's going to happen to you. And it happens to a lot of people. 
And that's also why I wanted to come on here and talk about it because it's like this whole different world that I didn't even know about no, until no one I started talks about working it. in it. Or until someone close to you gets it. Exactly. And I just feel like people need to start talking about this because we should respect our elders. And it's really crazy too because like in this country, we have such a weird outlook on like our elders versus like other countries. What is it in your eyes? Um, I don't think we really respect the elders mm. as much as we should in this country. Um, like I know in like some Asian countries, like you, like your elders are like, no matter what they say, like that's how it goes. And they respect what they have to say and like they're old and wise. Mm -hmm. But here, like, I don't know. I just don't think we have quite that level of like respect. And I also think that has to do with like our culture. I agree. But to a certain extent, old people are also running off old information. Typically they are. Like, that tends to be a big thing that holds people and societies back is when people don't just, like, you know, be like, okay, you know what? We were wrong all this time. Now mm -hmm. we're going to start, we're going to get rid of the 13th Amendment, all these things. Yeah. So I, I get, under like, I understand why people don't necessarily listen to them, but I think listening to them too much could also be a bad thing. I totally get that. Um, but that said, I don't know what we should do. Like, I mean. it's It's hard and also, like, is it fair for your family member to have that burn at the end of your life? But at the same time, it's like, especially if you have a parent, like, you know, they took care of you at that level when you were an infant and Very a child. True. So it's kind of like this whole the circle. The reciprocity of it. It is. It's this whole like life circle where like now it's kind of your turn to like return the favor. So, but I guess this whole thing breaks down to a fear of death. Oh, yeah. And are you afraid of dying? Or like, how do you, how do you view it? How do you think it should be viewed in a more healthy way? Possibly? I think if someone is at the appropriate age to pass away, that it should be handled in like the most respectful way. For me, I've worked in hospice care and like, I think actually like working around death can be really peaceful and you almost kind of get something out of it. Cause like you're helping someone through like such a weird time at the end of their life, literally. Yeah. Just like birth, I assume. Just like such a weird thing where you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like you're you're entering someone into the law. I'm helping people like exit, exit this the world. world. And yeah. I'm helping their family cope with that too. So have you been in the room when someone passed? Um, Once. All the other times I wasn't in the room. Is it weird at all? It is weird. And it's weird too to have like a working relationship with death. <sighs> that would be. <laughs> it is. I've experienced more people passing away at my work than I have in my personal life. So it's, it's weird because you kind of have to like disconnect yourself because you're at work and you're yeah. doing a job. But you're, you're paid for care, yeah. caregiving, but then you can't get emotionally attached. So you almost have to like disconnect who you are as a person. Oh, you totally do. And like, it, but at the same time, you can't disconnect too much or else you seem cold. And you won't help them as much. Like no. if, you, if you are, the more you invest in someone, it probably does help more. Yeah. And like for me, sometimes it's really mentally taxing because like. I'm a pretty sensitive person, but when I'm at work, I'm really good about pushing all that down. So then I leave work and I have time to like reflect on my day and then I just like fall apart. And... Do you think you have almost like complex trauma from how long you've endured this kind of like mental hardship? Um, I think a little bit. It's definitely like dimmed me a little bit. Dimmed you? What does that mean? I, I would say, okay, so this is a great example. So like I was saying, my grandma has Alzheimer's. <laughs> Like a few weeks ago, my mom thought, or my whole family thought that she had um, a brain tumor. And my mom calls me and she's like so upset. She's like crying. She's like, grandma's going to die and all this. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, well, we're going to go on this journey together. Like I felt very like strong, but I found myself like not getting upset. 
And do you think that's unhealthy or more I healthy? I don't know. <laughs> Society stigmatizes you to make make you think it's an unhealthy Yeah, but, but in the back of my head, though, I was like, you know, like, I know what to do when people pass away. She's lucky she's lived this long. She's not in must as much pain as I've seen a ton of other people. So I guess that's kind of where I'm kind of like... And no one makes it out alive. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, it totally is. So why is. are we all lying to ourselves? Exactly. And like death is such a natural part of life. And I do think people should be less scared of it. Um, especially if you're like older and, you know, you're in your 80s and 90s and it's just your time to pass away. That's a weird thought that we're all going to be there. Um, no, it totally is. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is some writer was on his deathbed and he's like, my entire life, I really knew that like everyone dies and I was going to die. Mm-hmm. But deep, deep, deep down, I really kind of like suspected maybe it wouldn't happen to me. And I think we all do feel that way. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah, that's a all, weird thing. You know, it totally is. Like we all think we're invincible to like some degree. Yeah. But it really does happen to all of us. And, you know, I think that with that in mind, you just got to cherish what you have now. Mm-hmm. Love your loved ones. Do things you want to do in life. You know, don't take it for granted. A hundred percent. This gets to a really interesting topic. So you say you're dimmed. I would almost say empathetically dimmed. Yeah, dimmed. that's a good way to put it. And I would, I've, so I've spent a lot of time thinking of what is empathy and mm-hmm. everyone, because in one of the shows, someone's like, empathy is like a universally good thing. And I was like really thinking about it. I'm like, okay. What is the use of empathy? What is it like? What is empathy? I'm like, okay, if you're having a really good day, I can be empathetic and I'm also happy. You can increase my mood. But if you're angry about something, it's almost like a, a it's almost like a tool for connecting with other people and making them feel what you're feeling, empathizing, right? Yeah. And that's why I almost think it's not too often that people use other people's like use empathy to help other people. Empathy tends to be used for people in power to for evil to just kind of happen. Like like Hitler was pretty much a homeless person before he had a lot of people empathize with his anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like sad people, like have you ever been around gaslighting people or like sad people who almost like kind of make you pity them and empathize with their sadness and then, oh, can you just stay an hour after work or could you, could you drive here? Oh yeah. It's horrible. It is. Empathy is a tool that evil people use to control p- kind hearted people. With empathy. I could see that. I also think like in my line of work, I use my empathy as a tool. Okay. To, so, to get them to your level or what? Kind of. So like um, I work at one of the local hospitals. So I work with mentally ill people sometimes in crisis. And so like that's a good example because if someone's like ramped up, you know, we take privileges away from them because they're not being safe to themselves or others. But I'll empathize with them. I'll be like, I totally get why you're upset. Like, you know, I this does suck. So I kind of use it as a way to like kind of get them to exactly before we get something that's going to hurt someone else or Mm -hmm. even hurt themselves. Because it helps. It helps to have one other human being just be like, I get you. Yeah. And I find that it helps a lot with my patients because not everyone in healthcare takes that approach. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, this is law. Yeah. Super cold. Like these are the rules. You got to deal with it. Like you're here for a reason. And then those people are trapped in this hell of a system. Yeah. And then they end up hating the hospital and they hate the whole system. And I, I get why some people hate it. You know, there's even parts of it that I hate. But, you know, I think it helps when we all just kind of see everyone's point of view. Mm hmm. We can just kind of like take a step back, look at the bigger picture, see okay. how we can help this person. I think that would be the better way of doing it, which kind of brings it to what is the better way that we've traditionally done it? Like what do we like indigenous tribes and stuff do when someone starts going crazy is a crazy word for it, but like, like starting to lose touch with reality, you know, like do they just kind of like really take care of them for a while? Like what, what happens naturally? 
Because we are kind of animals. I mean, we're civilized. Yeah, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that before. Right. And is it better for them? Like, I don't know. I, I think we just need to shift our view uh, on death. I No, we totally do. Because it's currently causing more suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... That's a, I don't know. I know Alan Watts said we should have like a, almost like death ceremonies. Like if you're really religious, you should be surrounded by priests in your entire church. And then you should just, you know, however you pass. Or if, mm-hmm. you're, if you want to go have psychedelics or if you want to go jump off a mountain, like you should be able to, it's something you should have control over in your life. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, and it sucks too, because sometimes people who are passing away don't have that type of like, they can't voice what they want uh, or what they're kind of, so most people too, make a will. I'm just going to say that. Everyone should make a will. Everyone should. Um, not yet, uh-huh. but I should have one. It's <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> Take my own advice. But at what age? At what age did you start hypothetically planning for your own death? Mm, at nineteen, when I became a caregiver. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. There's a whole. But it's hard not to when you see when you're faced with it every day. Yes. You know, like when it's in your face, you're like, oh, this is what I do want. This is what I don't want. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. The more I thought about it, I'm like, I actually really don't want to be cremated because then you're just all of your energy is kind of going away. Whereas if you're like mm-hmm. thrown in the ocean or buried without a coffin, it's like, cool, you kind yeah. of go back into the system. I, th- I think one of the coolest things I've ever seen, I, I don't know where they do this, but it was like, they'll bury you and then put a tree. Oh. And then it's kind of like you're growing in the tree. I don't know. That'd I think cool. something like that would be really cool. That'd be cool. What, but I don't know, like in a hundred years, no one's going to really remember either one of us, which is the most interesting point of it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, back to memory care, but like, do you know your great, great grandparents or even your great grandparents? Um, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know them personally, but, um, my family though is pretty good about like historically documenting things. Nice. So, I mean, I've seen charts, I've seen pictures, heard stories and whatnot, but I mean, I don't have like a real personal right. connection with them. And how much will your kids know them? If you, they'll only hear it through a story of a story, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's that... Is that even worth? Is that worth it? I don't know. It sounds I know, but, but what is worth anything? But where this... Oh, man. I keep losing the thread. Um, speaking of, thoughts are pretty interesting. No, but um, I'm curious. Let's just go into something else really quick. Okay, yeah. Um, the lack of health insurance can affect you if you get into an accident. Yeah, that was totally something I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've worked, on, I've worked with a bunch of um, people who go through rehab. Mm-hmm. Not drugs and alcohol rehab, but I mean like... You like hurt your knee and you have to go to rehab for your knee. Um, I've seen a lot of people who like at the time they're like you and I, like, I mean, they just go about their days. They can walk fine, perfect human beings. And then all of a sudden they get a car crash. And the next thing you know, like you can't walk again. And I've seen a lot of people who are like probably from like early twenties to like their fifties who like get in accidents like that and don't have health insurance. And then you're you're stuck with all of these bills because if you don't have health insurance in this country, you get so screwed, so ridiculously screwed. And then at that point, especially as a caregiver, I have to be like, okay, like our society literally puts a number on someone's life. That's absurd. And that's so messed up. That's messed up. That is so messed up. And I mean, like, should you be penalized for the rest of your life if you get in a car accident and you can never walk again? So that means... Or even go to the bathroom. And I then mean, how would I get a job? How do you, you get a job? How do you support yourself if you have what a family? What do you see as being a potential direction we could head toward a solution for this? Uh, well, I hope that our government gets our butts together. And what would that look like, though? Would that look like... I really think that we should adapt like universal health care. Yeah. Because I really don't think anyone should ever be penalized for something that has to do with their health. 
a human life is very, I think we should cherish it. The argument against that I always hear is that the fact that it's so expensive makes it so we have the best healthcare. Hypothetically, like our technology and our uh, research and stuff is better because there's so much money going into it. Do you think mm-hmm. that's a valid claim? Um, I don't really think it's like a valid claim. I do see the plot point. Or there but, could almost be levels. There could be a universal healthcare. Like, you get helped. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that doesn't make sense for the uber wealthy to really... But, like, you know, to be fair, okay, if Elon Musk gets a head injury, I do want a lot of extra care to go into making sure he stays alive. Yeah. You know, it depends on how much people are helping. Yeah. And, and it, it gets, like, kind of, like, weird gray area, too, because, like, me myself, I love universal healthcare. But then I also work with like the homeless population. Ah, and how does and, like, that? How they, they abuse the system. What does that look like? Um, so like at the hospital, like if we, I work with a lot of homeless people because they're all on the Oregon healthcare plan. So like most of their stuff's covered to an extent. And too, I mean, they have all these other benefits, which is good. I'm so not. So they saying just come in for like a warm bed or warm what is bed. It? I need a turkey sandwich. I'm hungry. Wow, and I've, they can do I've that. I've literally had people who want a warm bed that say they'll serve that will say they're suicidal because we cannot turn someone down if they say that and they're not but they just want a warm bed and a meal can you blame them no i can't exactly i cannot so that comes down to a different problem of like all right we gotta just give those people jobs like picking up around the city like i would much rather have a cleaner city and no homeless people because then you never have to worry about locking your cards or any of these things oh yeah it's it's a strange i almost think that the system purposely keeps homeless people to make us afraid of like, oh, your life could turn to that if you make I know, a wrong totally step. Does. They, That's they, messed up. Yeah, when it really comes down to it, like this country wants to keep poor people poor. They oh, want without to keep a homeless doubt. People homeless, like yeah. they just do. and afraid of death. They want you to be afraid of death and afraid of being unsuccessful. Because oh yeah. It's like, look how bad it can be. We're really, I think death is one of the maybe most peaceful things. Oh, it it completely is. I like I said, I worked hospice. I love hospice care. Like, me working with someone who's passing away, it's peaceful. Like, I feel like I'm getting so much out of my job. Like, this is why people should be CNAs. Hospice care is your favorite part of CNA? That'd probably um, be rough for a lot of people. It, it is. And it was really weird for me. Like, the first, like, my first two patients that passed away. But then I, like, reflect on it. Like, um, I don't do this at the hospital, but when I worked in the nursing home, we did, like, post-mortem care. And like that in itself is weird. Postmortem care. So you have like a dead body that you then do you, what with? Um, so you, the whole reason for postmortem care for at least at the nursing home was if their families wanted to come see them one last time. Mm-hmm. We give them a bed bath. We put a clink out on them. We comb that their hair. That would be absurd. Sometimes I've shaved like men. So like they look nice and clean shaven. And we just make them look very nice and peaceful so that their families. That's got to be a trip. Oh, no, it totally is. And, like, you have to, like, you know, make sure, like, their jaws are closed, their eyes are closed. So do you believe that their consciousness was in there and now it's gone forever? Yeah, I do. You do? That's interesting. You entirely... I'm I'm trying to get different people's opinions on where they think their consciousness is. I mean, I'm not religious in, like, any aspect. Any aspect. You don't believe in any sort of anything. I mean, I'm, like... But you're conscious. You're here. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess I am, like, a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe in, like, ghosts and people, like kind of coming back but when someone dies i just think they they pass away i think that's at the core of what makes us so scary i think even yeah, if it may and, not and, be... it, and that is scary and right. i think that's also why like people tend to like navigate towards religion when someone's passing away well it's which the... i get because it would give you peace of mind oh if, yeah if you're like oh well, you're gonna pass away but then you're gonna go to heaven and then i'll see you there exactly mm-hmm. that, that total peace of mind but like my core beliefs i just think you you, you pass away 
And I think that what's I think left is... that's why is people ha- are so scared of it, though. Yeah, no, no, it, it is. I think the closer... Normally, the, the closer people get to death, either someone close to them dies or they get a diagnosis, the more that they're like, okay, well, I'm going to find a different way of believing it because now I believe something happens. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think that's... that's I think people adopting that earlier can be like, okay, I'm just going to make the best of my life and whatever happens next is okay. But I'm mm-hmm. definitely not going to be fear-mongered in society by being scared my entire life of something yeah. that's bound to happen. No, and you shouldn't. Like, that's such a silly reason to not it's live a, your life the way and, and being happy, be as happy as you could be. It is. But that's when memory degeneration gets to the weird place because it's like, all right, well, clearly some part of it is in there because as the physical body degenerates, it the consciousness doesn't work as well, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, okay, so the thread that I lost earlier. So people like Brian Stevenson came, mm-hmm. and he spends a lot of time thinking about the past, which I really respect. Yeah. But whereas I almost um, consciously spend no time thinking of the past, and actually if someone asked me about the past, I was like, I'm like, I don't care. Uh-huh. Or like, I won't think about it. I'm curious, is it like a muscle where the more you th- like, is he going to have a lower risk of memory care whatever that the word for that would be or would i like is it one of the things where like if you put so much like effort like uh, so much weight upon your memories that it's like oh well eventually it's all gonna fade because none of us really remember anything or is it like the more you use it the more it's like a good healthy kind of brain hmm, that's a good question or what would your thoughts on it be i guess um my personal thoughts on it is that it doesn't matter wow. because i have seen perfectly healthy people get really sick Anyone can get Alzheimer's. Anyone can get dementia. I mean... Everyone gets dementia, I guess. Yeah. At some point, if you live long enough, at some point, you will get it. You will get some form of it. You know what I think that really is? Is I think at a certain point in life, you stop learning things. And like when you, when you're learning stuff, life goes slower and you're constantly like reworking in your old things into the new things that you're learning. So if Mm -hmm. you stop learning stuff at 70 and then 20 years goes by where you never consciously re bring any of your old stuff back. It's like a muscle where you, I think, where you just kind of like lose yeah. it all. Yeah. Well, you know, they do say that like, um, I know like playing like Wii is mm-hmm. a weird example or like video games mm-hmm. has helped people with dementia or an Alzheimer's because it does it. You're right. It is, it is a muscle. It is. And you can okay. get it. And I mean, I not have, like a physical muscle, but no, it, it but works like a muscle. You know, it totally does. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think do, I think if you are working on your brain and you just don't aren't just kind of like numb to things and just kind of going by and not using it i do think that helps a little bit i think so too i think the biggest thing would to not be pathological with it like have you ever just i just learned that word a couple of talks ago um like do you ever forget something and you say oh shit am i having help like memory problems and then it just like spirals oh totally that's gotta be one of the scariest things ever (laughs) totally like especially it i'm better with it now but like when i first started doing it and it just scared me so bad i was (sighs) And I totally went, I was like, oh my God, I don't remember something like, oh, oh my gosh, like put me in a nursing home now. Like it's just yeah. going to be the end. But um, yeah, I think that also just comes with like working around that kind of population mm-hmm. and also just realizing that like anyone, anyone can get it, but that also doesn't mean I am going to get it. Yes. And you're not more, any more likely, but just being more conscious of it. I think people are more like thinking that they have it. You yeah. Know? And too, I think like for me... And like what I've seen, if you know what Alzheimer's looks like and you can recognize it, that it'd almost be easier to like cover up if you do have it Whoa. as a, like an older adult. Yeah. Um, like, um, oh my gosh, have you ever seen Still Alice? That's a really good example. Mm-mm. Movie? Book? Yeah. It's, it was a book that was made into a movie. Okay. 
It's about this college professor who gets early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. But because she also realizes what's going on in her brain, she's like able to cover it up and she's able to like leave notes around like the house and cope with it in like a certain way and deal with it longer than someone who like doesn't know what's going on with their body would be able to cope with it. Yeah, but that almost gets it. So it's it's kind of like uh, drinking alcohol to depress a traumatic event where it's like, yeah, it helps for a while. And then when it eventually resurfaces, it's like, oh, fuck. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, what advice would you have for someone who just gets a diagnosis or someone whose family member gets a diagnosis? Um, if, if Either one. If you get or a family member gets it, I would recommend having a family meeting, people who are going to be around you. While you have it, people who are going to be taking care of you and then ultimately people who are going to be making those like decisions for you when you're not able to. I would have a team meeting and see how you guys want to approach it. Because mm-hmm. um, like I, you know, we were talking like you can play like certain me- like memory games to help you kind of like cope with it and like make your brain a little bit stronger. Um, there's just there's so many different ways you can go about it. Yeah. But I would definitely recommend having a game plan talking about like what and if you do get to the point where you don't you aren't you can't remember things what you want to happen with you i think that would be my advice just have a game plan talk about every scenario so you know what to do when you come into it i think where that gets most difficult is if maybe like so say your parent gets it and you have a house meeting and then you agree that you're going to be like the primary caregiver and then like it gets really far gets really far she gets a do do not resuscitate or something along those lines Mm -hmm. and then it gets to the very end but then like your sister or someone comes in is like no do whatever you can to keep them alive like, does that ever happen where someone who, like, the person who wasn't consciously being with the person the whole time comes in and just throws a wrench and everything when it's, like, the person who's been with them agrees, like, all right, this is the time. It does happen. That's I've seen it. I have personally seen it happen, and it's horrible. And this is when they can, like, destroy families. Yeah. Oh, my because God. Because, too, like, those are, like, some real controversial thoughts, too. I mean, they can be polar opposite. Um, but, yeah, that's why I suggest to have everyone be on board now. But it's also hard because you don't know how you're going to act until you're in it. And how do you have a conversation with the person closest to you about the other person closest to you dying? It's a hard conversation. That's a hard conversation It is a hard conversation, but I would suggest just having it. Did your family have it with your grandma? This might be too personal. You know, we didn't. So (laughs) at the time, um, I do, I've told my mom that we should have one now. And that's kind of getting into the works. But I mean, at the time when she got diagnosed, I wasn't a caregiver. Like, I didn't know. She was, I guess, my real person I knew with Alzheimer's. But even then, I mean, she was like in stage one. It doesn't really affect you that much. It's not linearly progressive. Like, it could be stage one, stage one, stage one, two, three. No, it totally can. And everyone's so different. Oh. You can even skip stages. You can skip stages? You totally can. So we have no idea what's going on. No, and everyone's so different. And everyone's so different. But yeah, we didn't have a conversation though about that because we, I, we didn't know. I was the one that brought up having a conversation now, especially with like the whole tumor scare. But I mean, they better take what you say importantly because you were with it all the day. Yeah, I am. Like this is literally my life. So you have to cowboy a meeting about what's going to happen to your grandma. Yeah. But I think it's really important though that we rec- like absolutely yeah you have to doesn't respect- make it not hard no but it, it is really important and I think more people should do it and then it comes down to putting a dollar amount yeah and on that's the a, well-being of your grandma yeah and then yeah and so she lives with my aunt she's like her caregiver mm-hmm. but even then I mean if she wants to leave for like two hours to go like grocery shopping let alone like do anything for herself yeah. She has to either make sure she's safe 
or just to have someone come sit with her because like if someone like that's left alone like you don't know they can get confused they could want to make dinner and then leave the burner on burner yeah. on and then burn the house down that's crazy so it's literally like a kid who it can is go up and actually do things though yeah and it's crazy too because like that was one of my first thoughts i kind of formed about alzheimer's is you literally go back to being a child that's crazy you'll throw fits over like at the nursing home like people can't just go outside by themselves mm-hmm. we have to have someone with you so you never get to be alone alone. No, you really don't. And that's another thing that why I said earlier I'd never want to be in a nursing home is because like the way they're structured are horrible. How how could it be structured better? Um, I think having more staff, having like maybe like two patients per one CNA were As now, opposed to now it's where now it's like when I worked in a nursing home it was twenty four patients to three people. 24 patients to three people? For day shift and then evening shift it'd go down to two, <sighs> night shift one. Oh my God. Yeah. That's an absurd, because if more than one of them is having a crisis at a time. Yeah. And so, yeah. And like they take away so many privileges because also people are really scared of lawsuits Mm -hmm. since like we're like live in like a lawsuit happy, like society. And I mean, I get half of it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes shit just happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so subjective that it's not always by the books. Like, it can't be. No. No, it totally can't. But, yeah, just the way they're structured, like, you just don't have as much help as you need. Then, therefore, everyone's care suffers. And, like, two, you also think so, like, when you only when you have that much staff for that many people, like, you're not give you're just doing basic stuff. Like, you're just giving them, like, basics, like, water, food changing them and you're not doing like the extra mile like sitting with someone who doesn't have family and just wants to talk taking someone outside because they haven't been outside in like four days i mean it's stuff like that we're just sitting and listening to stories like you don't get to do that in that type of environment and that's what killed me you know you get people who don't have family members they don't talk to anyone they're like in their rooms all day Oh my God. But you just don't have the extra time because you're taking care of everyone else for those basic skills that you don't get to do all the extra stuff. <clears throat> that sounds like... Yeah, a... I like almost get upset talking about I, it. I feel it. Oh my gosh. It, that, I would feel so guilty like when I'd come home. Like so guilty. Like someone like begged me to go outside and I was like, I just don't have the time. I'm like, I'm strapped for time. Because like, you have to have your own life. Yeah. And too, I mean, you're only there for eight hours and you're taking care of like 24 people with two other people, but still, I like... That'd have to have like a downshifting period, come back to reality of like, okay, I just have myself to take care of for a while. Oh gosh. And it would be so hard. Like that also is like, I think working in a nursing home was more mentally taxing than working with mentally ill people. Mentally ill people in what other facet? I guess like, um, like when I work with mentally ill people, I'm like sitting with them one-on-one. Or um, I'm working with them with a crisis. And one-on-one's easier than 24 okay people. Oh, yeah. One-on-one's way easier. What is it like being with someone who is having a mental health crisis? Like, is it like psychosis or what kind of things would you be It can be to? all sorts of things. Like, psychosis definitely for me is like the scariest because you don't know what They're people not are going to do. Yeah. Well, and two, it's crazy. So I'll work with someone who gets brought in by cahoots. And they're just manic and like psychosis. Like they are like trying to punch people, hit people, cursing, like, but they're in like a, like a heightened state. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes that kind of stuff can be scary. Absolutely. But then like they'll come down with it and then I'll see them in another part of the hospital. And they're like a total normal person. Whoa. Like you, it's crazy. It's night and day. And they sometimes don't even remember like what happened when they got brought in because they're in that psychosis state. Yeah. It's so fascinating. 
Fascinating, but also scary because you don't get paid extra for possibly getting hit. Oh, no, you totally don't. And it scares me sometimes because, like, especially me, like, I'm, like, a short female. You know, it's really scary when you have, like, a, like a six-foot person. like 200 pounds. Yeah. Crazy. On psychosis or, like, methed out on drugs or yeah. gosh knows what. It's just, like, I've, I've had coworkers, like, get seriously hurt, have to take time off. I had one coworker who got whiplash because someone grabbed her bun and, oh my like, God. tore her to the floor. How could you keep working in that environment? That's putting your life at risk kind of thing. No, it totally is. Yeah. And I don't think people realize too, like what kind of risk hospital workers get put into because I mean, ultimately we're there to like provide care. At people's worst. Yeah. Oh, complete worst. And people can do, it's like a backup I mean, threatened to like get killed and like. Oh my God. Having to tie people down because they're like trying to punch you or. Healthcare so, system strange. Oh, it's so strange. Have you been to another country and seen what it's like over somewhere else? Or have you not traveled? Um, I mean, I've been to other countries. I never really looked into like their healthcare though. Although I do have a lot of family that's in Canada and they like, they like their healthcare they do? system. Yeah. I'd almost be curious what you'd say if you were in like a Scandinavian country in their healthcare system. Then yeah. Back. I think that'd be really interesting. You come back, you just throw up. You're so sick. And you're right. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Well, it's, it must be better if, if everyone's kind of communally chipping in a large part of the taxes to be like, I know I, there's a the, there's a percent chance that that's going to be me and I want to be well taken care of. So. Oh, yeah. Everyone, who wouldn't want to pay into that, you know? I would totally pay even extra taxes if I know if I have to go to the hospital, I'm not going to get stuck with like a $2,000 bill. Because <sighs> $2,000 bill at our age can throw off a year of saving. Oh, yeah. So actually, I ended up in the emergency room. Uh, I thought I was having a stroke. Oh, my God. It happened at work. I literally walked downstairs to the emergency room. Um, and it turns out I was having a migraine. But because I didn't know what was going on, I thought I was having a stroke. I had all the symptoms. My arm went numb. Like, I had blurred vision. But I ended up having a migraine. And because of that, my insurance was like, oh, like, that's not like a, oh like a good reason to go to the emergency room. You should have went to urgent care. But it's like... I didn't know. I had nurses telling me that I was having a stroke or like I could possibly be having one because of these weird, I get like just these weird migraines. And then I ended up with this like $2,000 bill after my insurance had covered it. Oh my. And I was like, I'm getting penalized for trying to figure out if I had a stroke or not. Then you have to put the number on your own health. You're like half dying and be like, is it worth me to save my own life? Right? That's not okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay at all. And I don't know why people don't, stand up for that more that'd be because, worth something standing up for oh it totally is is there anything currently on the ballot or anywhere that you know that we could that people can kind of push to to fix that um i don't have anything on the ballot i know that like you know our, our election's coming up i know that like some of the democratic <laughs> i was just about to say like i love love hearing about i love hearing bernie sanders talk about student loans and healthcare. like i just love it it's like music to my ears well because if you really get down to it it's like all right who is who is the student debt crisis and the healthcare crisis hurting uh young people and ill and old people we're yeah. taking money from young people and old and injured people that's not who you should be taking money from no, in a society. That doesn't no. make any sense. No, no, it's not. Oh, my God. But the whole thing is the people who are currently in charge of making laws aren't either of those people. And they're like, well, you're definitely not taking money from me. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. We should take money from people to from 30 to 50 when it's like your primary money-making years. Take a lot of their taxes. Yeah. Or even like the wealthy. Like, I mean, tax them more than already tax. Yeah. That gets to an interesting place. So I've always been on board with that. And then the argument against that is... 
they're already not paying taxes. Apple, you pay more in taxes than Apple and Amazon. So it's like, all right, well, that mm -hmm. clearly isn't going to work. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll tax just wealthy people. What are they going to do? They're going to flee the country or they're at least going to open bank accounts somewhere else. Like they're mm -hmm. wealthy enough that they can find workarounds. So increasing their taxes doesn't work. And then the alternative of lowering their taxes, hoping that they'll bring it back to America. And that doesn't work either. So no, it doesn't. I think the whole world would need to unite and be like, there's no more tax evasion. Keep your shit within your country. You know, yeah. that's the only way they can no, really and, and fix. No, and honestly, they should. I they mean, should. There's no reason for them to go out of it anyways. Well, it'd be like there being no United States, just each state being like, all right, we're our own government. And there's the United States over it. So there needs mm -hmm. to be a government over the whole world, too. Yeah. That needs to happen. No, it totally does. Until I totally that, agree with that. Right? Until that does, like, we won't get money from rich people. Increasing taxes on them won't actually help. But taking money from the poorest people, like, if you're making only 20 grand a year, taxing 10% of that, why? Oh, yeah. Why? Who Me is that and my fiance, we're in this weird category where, like, we make okay money, but because we make okay money, we get taxed so hard. <sighs> enough to, like, where it hurts us. Like, yeah. It's so crazy. It's very frustrating. It's very because you're the person you your job is the people who are supposed to be getting subsidies from your tax money. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we're not getting. You're not getting paid enough. Yeah. To so account like, for that where money. Is Where's it going? That's what needs to happen. We need to see exactly where our tax money's going. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of absurdity. Um, do you have any call for actions for people? We're just out about an hour, which is crazy. Oh gosh, um, this flew by. Um, actually, wait, wait, to go back one second. Mm -hmm. So I said you'd have to cowboy the meeting, but if your aunt's taking care of your grandma, she should kind of get the say at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, and too, like, I totally give a shout out to anyone who takes care of a mm -hmm. family member like that full time. And just, you Props. know, for me, I get to leave after eight hours. They don't. So I give you guys props. Um, but yeah, I totally think that she has say. And like, she's even told my mom, like, you know, you have to take her on the weekends now mm -hmm. for her, like, mental so you don't even get weekends off now? No. Like, when you take wow. care of someone... Well, like I mean, the, you don't. Like, you you work with it during the weekdays, and then in the weekends, you have to do it for your home life that you don't get paid for. Yeah. Like, you are always helping someone right now. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever just, like, come and just relax and just break down and be like, oh, my God. I mean, like, yeah. Also, like, I've always been the kind of person that, like, likes helping people. Nice. Like, it's always been in my nature to, like... I've always had a, kind of, like, a motherly... It was good. You, you get meaning from it. You're like, yeah, yes. no, I totally, ever since I was like little. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes it's kind of like, luckily I have like an amazing fiance that takes care of me. Like, you know, I think it's really important to have people in your life that will take care of you as well. Absolutely. That's got to be the scariest part of not having kids and then seeing people go into memory care. Is you're like, what the fuck is going to happen to me? Oh yeah. And it happens. I'm sure that's what a good portion of homeless people on the streets are, is people who their entire bank accounts were drained from the system. Yeah. I was amazed when I started working in a nursing home how many people didn't have families. That's when I love it when families are involved in, like, you know, someone's care because, like, they're so lucky to have. And I even tell people, I'm like, you guys are so lucky. That is a have. lot to put on the family, though. Like, it is. Um, it definitely is. And I think everyone kind of views it differently and mm -hmm. has, like, their different outlooks on it. I think if you are able and have the means to take care of a family member, you should. Yeah. Because I've also seen people who could totally take care of their loved ones, but choose not to. <sighs> that's some bad karma right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Well, anyways, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Do you have anything else you, you want said to people? Oh, gosh. Um, I would just say, you know, if you're in good health, take it. Be grateful for it and, you know, live your life. Health is wealth. Yeah. All right. Love it. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah.